0: Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to search out new life and new civilizations and boldly go where no one has gone before.
1: That has to be one of the cutest audio clips I've ever gotten in doing uh, Treks in Sci-Fi for over five years. That is uh, a friend of the show, Ryan's uh, daughter, uh, Clara. uh, They're from uh, Canada and Toronto area. And they sent in uh, that uh, entry to the contest that I announced last week on the podcast. So thanks very much for that. I'm going to be sprinkling those throughout uh, today's show on Treks in Sci-Fi. This is podcast 324. It is March the 27th, 2011. Uh, The uh, main topic, though, on this week's show is going to be a look at, uh, basically, we're going to do a look at the year 1999 in sci-fi, fantasy, TV, movies. Uh, uh, Quite a few movies, uh, big movies that were released in that year. Talk about a few TV shows as well. Uh, I did this before couple months back i think or so uh on uh, covering the year 1983 and we're going to do the same thing today for uh, 1999 so uh, uh i think that's about all i need to say we're also going to be uh we've got some other clips uh related to the contests and, and other things to sprinkle throughout today's treks in sci-fi so sit back relax and get ready for the show
2: sci-fi Set a course for Earth. Maximum warmth. I'm Captain
3: Kirk. At ease before you spray in
1: something.
4: This mission would have failed without your help.
2: I won't be speaking. Captain Adassian is yet. Not we're not done with the Cardassians yet. And with the strategic importance of that world. And how Europe you Right.
1: Okay, again, everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Trucks and Sci-Fi. I'm Rico, your host. I probably said that already. (laughs) Having a little bit of a slow start this morning. I was very tired last night, and uh, even though I didn't go to bed that late, uh, I still got up quite a bit later than normal today. So it's about 10.30 here in Michigan. This morning, Lynn's kind of vacuuming upstairs. Kaylee's hiding down in the basement. Kaylee does not like the vacuum cleaner so uh, she's sitting here by me while I podcast or get going here on today's, today's edition of the show. So I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, the past week for me was pretty good, a little bit uh, crazy and busy at work, but things seem to be settling into a, uh, a new good routine there, and uh, I'm getting a little more accustomed to everything, and uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, still kind of adjusting my uh, audio levels here on the, uh, the mixer. For some reason, there seems to be quite a few differences versus uh, when I had it set up in Rockford. I'm using two computers today for a few things, for clips and stuff, too. So we'll see. It should work out, I think, okay. Uh, I'm going to get right into things uh, on the show. We have a lot to cover, a lot of things in 1999 that I want to cover and talk about the contest, like I mentioned. Uh, I'm going to sprinkle some of those throughout today's uh, podcast. Uh, I'll, I may not slip all the intros. The, the contest basically was, was to record the the intro to Star Trek, uh, and then once you recorded that audio, you'd be automatically entered into the Blu-ray giveaway contest. I'm going to announce that here shortly. Probably announce the winner. Oh, Kaylee's barking now. You probably heard that. (laughs) But uh, I'll probably announce the winner here before we get into the main part of the show about uh, the the year 1999 in movies and TV and sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, What uh, I wanted to talk about first about uh, the movie Sucker Punch Which is not from 1999. It's from 2011, which I just saw yesterday with my son Eric, who was home for the weekend from school from college, and uh, I have to say, the movie was okay. It is uh, the commercials pretty much show you what the movie is like. I think pretty much almost maybe show you too much. Uh, The amazing or the the visuals and the special effects, the CGI, all of that stuff was pretty incredible to see. It was directed by Zack Snyder, who also, I think, did that movie 300 from a few years ago. So it has a very uh, unique style and look to it, uh, very very CGI. And, and, you know, I don't think there's a uh, practically real image in the whole movie. There's a little bit of something in each image, whether they change the lighting or, or sprinkle in some snow or whatever they do. There's, there's The movie is, has, a, has a great deal of special effects and CGI. Basically, it's about this girl, and I don't think you ever really uh, n- are told her real name in the movie that I can think of. And I'm I'm not going to spoil this too much. Again, I won't say much more regarding the story except for what you see in the the previews. I think, but uh, she is called uh, Baby Doll. Yeah, that's the name. The blonde that you see in all those commercials is called Baby Doll, and she is sent to this sort of institution and in a, in a way in order sort of an, an escape and i can't say too much more but there, there's sort of two uh, two or three different realms that, that, that the movie plays with one is this sort of um the you know what the real you know place is you know where she gets put in this institution another is that what you see in a lot of commercials all the fantasy elements where there, there are all these girls fighting with guns and there's the dragons and and just all kinds of action and swordplay and gunfire and everything like that. Uh, very uh, steampunk-looking uh, um, elements to the movie. So if you like that, this is probably you know the the steampunk movie uh, maybe of ever for uh, for that. Uh, had a very unique look to it, and I, I liked all that part of it. But I, I found I guess the story and the characters just a little bit. Uh, Left me a little wanting. I don't think you really get too much into the the depth of them. the The story is fairly is simple, uh, and and that I think was a little bit of a weak point. Uh, at least, again, for me, uh, other people may like it more. Other people may like it less. It's just always my opinion that I uh, I put out here on the show. But it is, uh, you know, for. For us, uh, for for geeks and fans, this may be something you'd want to go see at the theater. It does have some pretty incredible scenes and, and all that. Although I again still think that they they showed us maybe just a little too much in, in the previews that we've been seeing. It's uh, there there aren't a, a huge number of scenes. You know, there are some action scenes and some things that happen that I hadn't seen. But uh, and there's obviously they're they're longer and more involved in the in the movie. There's there's some pretty cool stuff, but uh, it's could you wait for dvd or blu-ray yeah probably uh it's uh and i and i could see i mean i've heard various things in the reviews and the in the ratings out there it's you know it's not getting like it's you know the the best of those so um so anyway that's my take on it uh sucker punch I uh, you know a slight disappointment uh but again i probably kind of expected it to be the way it was a little bit from what i'd been hearing uh, the little bits i've been hearing about it and uh, and all that but Again, if this is the something that you'd enjoy, go, go check it out in the theaters. I'm going to take a, a short break. I'll be back, uh, talk a few Trek items, and then we're going to get into the 1999 talk.
5: Hey there, once you've finished listening to the brilliant treks in sci-fi with Rico Dosti, why don't you come over and check my podcast out. We talk about classic television programs and films from around the world. We're called Waffle On Podcast, and you can find us at iTunes. Just type in Waffle On Podcast, or go to our main website. That's WaffleOn.podbean.com. We would be honoured if you'd join us.
1: Okay, some uh, Trek-related stories and some other sci-fi things going on in the world. Uh, One thing that I saw that was kind of neat, I wish I had learned about it sooner, but I've been pretty busy with everything in the new job. But J.J. Abrams offered a Star Trek sequel set visit as one of uh, the UNICEF uh, Japan relief efforts. They raffled off a prize, uh, various prizes and uh, these raffle tickets uh, one of the prizes that you could win was a, a visit to the uh, the 2012 uh, sequel movie that they're going to be hopefully filming sometime later this summer into the fall it's uh, th- this is going to be a, a fast production that's for sure they are definitely i i don't i can't quite recall even any other trek movie that was filmed less than a year away from when it's going to be released it's going to be probably in the realm of nine months before well maybe a little bit more than that when it's going to be filmed versus release date of june in uh, 2012 so that's a pretty cool prize unfortunately it looks like the ticket you had to purchase earlier last week uh to win that uh most of these stories are over at if you want to learn more over at trekmovie.com we also had uh, two big trek celebrity birthdays this past week both william shatner and leonard nimoy both uh both turned 80 years old so happy uh Happy birthday to both of them. They've always, uh, you know, been kind of heroes and icons to me. And uh, they, it's interesting. I've always thought that the fact that they have such uh, birth- birthdays that are so close together, not only are they basically the same age, but, it, you know, during the year, their birthdays are just a few days apart at the end of March. So happy birthday to both of them. Uh, also, let's see what else we've got going on. Also related to uh, sci-fi TV, uh, we got some great news this week for those who watch Fringe. They renewed Fringe for another season, for actually its fourth season, which was great news. And I was a little concerned about it because at first when they moved it to Friday nights and it it airs Friday nights on Fox for those interested in watching, the ratings has sort of gone up a bit. But then, then they've slowly sort of tapered off and kind of gone down. So it, the ratings have not been the greatest lately. And, you know, there was definitely a risk there. But it looks like Fox is really behind the show. And that, and that, it just shows you the ratings are not the complete end-all, be-all of the decisions for these shows. You can have, again, I, I've mentioned this, I think, quite a few times on the podcast but you can have a show that's poorly rated but somehow they managed to pick it up and this is a case of that or you can have a show that's even you know better off in the ratings but for some reason they decide it's getting yeah, maybe the, the actors are too expensive or for whatever other little reasons they decide to cancel it so at least they're behind fringe and it's just good because, and there's so much that's going on on the show right now. For them to get canceled, they've been they've had a lot of things building for this show over the last, especially last couple seasons. This overall story arc with the parallel universes and all that. That uh, if something happened or that show went off the air at this point, it would have been a bit, big, big shame. I mean, it's it's sad when shows like short-lived shows like The Cape get yanked, but at least you haven't maybe getting. You know, you haven't gotten quite as invested in watching a show for a couple of years where it doesn't have a chance to resolve itself. I mean, another show would be like V, and uh, I've said before, I, I wasn't really that happy with the season finale on that show this year, and it's not as much of a favorite show of mine as others, but they have built to a certain point in that show, and it still would be a, a big shame if they didn't bring it back for another season for uh, for everything that they've been uh, sort of creating and building on in that show and series and dis- i hope it comes back and i uh, hope we get some good news on that one soon too seems like they are announcing these kinds of renewals and, and stuff a lot sooner it used to be you'd have to wait until the end of the season like may or whatever when a lot of tv shows would find out if they were coming back or not but seems like that just gets sprinkled into um you know into this time of year different times i mean they've a lot of shows have been renewed already a lot of shows uh you we know that aren't coming back probably uh But uh, we'll keep everyone posted as much as possible. And those are the main things that I wanted to talk about. Not a whole lot this week to to cover. There's a couple other stories. Again, there's a lot more Star Trek news on on trekmovie.com. There was uh, some celebrities doing some Trek impressions. There was a video contest. It was uh, Talk Like William Shatner Day. (laughs) What are you doing? And speaking of that, I'm going to take a short break, and we're going to play another... Uh, clip from the contest i'll come back with the winner uh, announcement on that and then we'll get into the 1999 uh, year in review discussion space the
3: final frontier these are the voyages of the starship enterprise her five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone
1: before Ah, uh, That, of course, was Brian doing his um, Shatner-slash-Kirk version of the intro to Star Trek. All right, well, I've got, uh, again, the contest uh, provided by um, Attention USA and A&E was winning a four-set, um, a four-pack, I guess you could call it, of Blu-rays, uh, some, some pretty cool stuff, and I've got the list of candidates here. Got my lucky, uh, or uh, lucky for one of you, I hope, die. Got numbers by all of them. And I'm going to roll this. Didn't have quite as many entries as I thought, especially since this is a a pretty nice package. But I've got a few here. And uh, let's see. We will roll it. Number three, we've got, and that's Ryan. Ryan, you win. Ryan and, uh, well, Clara, too, I guess, since you both entered. I haven't played Ryan's entry yet, but... uh, uh, you guys won uh, the uh, Blu-ray pack, so Ryan, send me your uh, your address, and I will forward that on to the contest uh, providers, uh, and they will be mailing you that Blu-ray set. So, congratulations, and uh, I hope we'll have another one of these in the near future. This place has been pretty good about providing prizes to the show. So, uh, congratulations to you guys, and also to everyone. Thank you for entering this contest and again I hope to do quite a few more in the future other things too I've got a few other ideas coming on that I just realized I had one other thing one other clip that I want to play before we get into the 1999 discussion and then we'll 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 boldly go into that uh, but Vartok just sent me this morning uh a review of a, a kind of a unique movie this is not a a movie from 1999 but I think it'll be something Uh, some of you or all of you or a few of you might be interested in checking out a little unique kind of more obscure film but uh, well anyway I won't talk about it let Vartok do that and I'll be back after his first part of his segment and then we'll get into 1999.
3: Hello everyone, this is Vartok again, with another and Sci-Fi Movie review. For today's segment, I'm going to talk about the little-known direct-to-DVD space movie titled Journey to Eden, which was released in September 2005. I recently watched this gem on Netflix and really liked its fresh sci-fi theme, and especially the actors. By the way, the song that opened up this segment is Serenade by the Steve Miller Band which plays as the movie starts and the credits are rolling.
2: But in my lifetime, it's all I've ever known. we would lost so many things. we would
4: lost the sky to shield the earth, increasing in intensity.
2: We'd lost the uncovered cities that the government forgot. We'd lost democracy to global leadership. When I was a boy, I built toy rockets. I wanted to explore space and discover new worlds.
3: It is the year 2435, and four families leave Earth to resettle on a new planet Located in a not too distant solar system. Their faster-than-light or FTL spaceship, called the Gaia, is a lavish multifamily craft that, while expensive, is the standard luxury spaceship for the very wealthy, not unlike those expensive yachts that you see for the rich and famous. The Gaia has been on a computer-controlled journey for 15 years while the families have all been asleep in their cryo chambers, nicknamed cocoons by the children. The wealthy family of Don and Julia Harper of Harper Enterprises have bankrolled the trip and invited three of their closest but skilled friends and their families to accompany them on the journey. Don Harper, played by Gary Sinisi, is a cynical executive who is using his own wealth to save his family and the others from a rapidly decaying earth which has been subject to overpopulation lack of clean water, and more recently the dying of all plant life due to genetic crops that were released around the world in an attempt to feed the 200 billion humans that are sapping earth of all her resources. The Harpers have three children, Daniel, Jenna, and Elizabeth, who have been genetically enhanced to be super intelligent, although their social skills leave much to be desired. Invited along with the Harpers are Dr. Samuel Jones and his wife, Laura, and their two kids, Lacey and Sammy Jr. As a general physician, Dr. Samuel, or just Sam, played by Michael Karma, will be responsible for maintaining the health of all four families, although medicine in the 25th century has improved remarkably. However, who knows what they may encounter on their new home planet. The third family includes Gustavo and Juanita Medina, both top flight engineers from Harper Enterprises. It will be their job to help establish the new living quarters and buildings and infrastructure when they land on the planet that Julia Harper has decided to name Eden. Although childless Juanita is pregnant with twins. Having children on Eden will be important to eventually creating a new population. Rounding out the members on the Gaia are the O'Briens, Patrick and Catherine, and their teenage son named Liam. The O'Briens are skilled in biology, geology, and are pretty decent at farming. All skills needed to make Eden capable of long-term life. Journey to Eden is by up-and-coming composer Rick Tyler. All of the music after the first song by the Steve Miller Band was composed and conducted by Rick Tyler. Vartok is going to look and see what else he has composed. After their long journey in suspended animation, the Gaia finally arrives at their new home. Now, Vartok is going to try and not give away too much of the plot line and spoil the movie for you in case you decide to look it up. As the Gaia is preparing to land, a meteorite smashes through a critical part of the engine room destroying the FTL drive, allowing them to land safely but preventing the possibility of them ever returning to Earth. So Eden will have to be their new home and they will have no choice but to make the best of it. As these four families cope with setting up a new society on a new planet, lush with plant life and small but wildly different looking animals. Strange events begin to happen. The children begin to distance themselves from their parents and begin to act in ways counter to normal human behavior. Well, that's about as much as Vartok can provide without ruining this sci-fi thriller for you. And now, the poser for later in this podcast. What is it about the sci-fi thriller Journey to Eden that makes it unique compared to every other sci-fi movie you may have ever watched? Stay tuned, and I'll be back with the answer later in this podcast.
1: Well, thanks very much for our talk. always appreciate uh, you sending in your uh, unique reviews of uh, sometimes little-known gems out there. And uh, we'll look forward to your uh, closing segment on that later in today's podcast. But now... It's time for the year 1999, films and TV in, uh, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, our, our, our favorite genres. Uh, I thought this week I'm just going to kind of jump around a bit, uh, not in any particular order, uh, although I think I am going to start with films and then we'll get into television shows. But uh, the year 1999, obviously the, the big film for the year the one we were all you know, waiting for you know, crazily for a couple of years before it even came out when it was announced, is, of course, uh, the first of the Star Wars prequels, uh, Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And this movie uh, is probably, uh, I, I would say, uh, for many Star Wars fans, not a, a favorite. It, it was a movie that was quite a bit different than the original trilogy, In a number of ways, uh, especially being the fact that it kind of centered and revolved around a very young Anakin Skywalker uh, as a boy living on Tatooine with his mother, and the uh, the the typical elements that the the swashbuckling and action adventure, and and just all of that uh, slightly more uh, adult, I guess, in a way, but the the feel and and the, the the tone of the movie was quite a bit different and i think a lot of people felt that it it just didn't quite fit in in and with the other films as as well but you know it has moments i i'm i'm kind of mixed on it i've re, i've reviewed it and talked about it before so we're not going to cover a lot of that ground again about what i said when i did it but uh i will say a few things the uh and to, um, I guess, to get us really started into it, let's play a little trailer uh, from uh, The Phantom Menace for you.
6: I will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war.
3: A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Invasion. Invasion.
2: At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Begin landing your troops. We haven't much time.
1: The Federation has gone too far.
5: The death toll is catastrophic.
1: Our people are dying, Senator. We must do something quickly.
2: You must contact me.
3: There is something else behind all this, Your Highness. They will kill you if you stay. I can not protect you. I can't fight a war
2: for you. I think we're going to have to accept Federation control for the time being. This is a battle I do not think that we can win.
6: I will sign no treaty, Senator.
2: You said people are gonna die? Once those droids take control of the surface, they will take control of you.
6: I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee meeting. your
2: ships!
6: They will never get me
2: onto one of those dreadful starships. Always two. There are a master and an apprentice.
1: Yep, there we go, a trailer from The Phantom Menace, uh, one of the big, big, huge movies of 1999, made a ton of money, a ton of promotions were out at the time, you know, the at the fast food places, and a ton of collectibles, just an amazing number of toys came out, That that some of which sat on the shelves for, I know, a long period of time. Heck, I, I think even to this day, you can find in a, uh, you know, stuffed in a corner at Toys R Us, a dusty Phantom Menace action figure, still sometimes sitting up on uh, way up high, uh, hidden away. It, it is. Uh, it was a just uh, an unavoidable uh, you know media and, and extravaganza and event that I don't know if we'll ever see again. It's uh, you know there was so many years between that movie and the last of the the original trilogy you know from 83 to 1999 uh, 16 long years between star wars films with very little star wars content really out there you know we've got we got novels and books in between a little bit and that's what really started to push things then the special editions came and then George Lucas uh, decided to go back in time and do these prequels now i have to say that that no matter what people say and think about, you know, the three prequel movies, this one and the other two, that it, it's pretty hard to go back and, and sort of do backstory and make everything fit perfectly together. I know uh, on the uh, Trex and Sci-Fi forums and other places that I've visited over the years, there's a lot of discussion and debate and, and, and of of really how all this fits together and trying to make it you know every little comment and every little nuance work but i think overall he did a pretty darn good job and i and i'm you know i have to say it's it's pretty amazing and and i also have to hand it to george lucas for doing what he wanted to do what he wanted to do for the story, which always was to show Anakin as a young boy, not this evil Dark Lord of the Sith that he later becomes. And I think that was really a a bold move and kind of important to do. Did it make them maybe the most uh, dramatic and most exciting movie to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically a story about this little kid for the most part? No, probably not. But he still did what he wanted to do, and I I have to give him credit for that. I'm going to slide in here one of uh, the... uh, listener comments that we got this week i'm going to just sprinkle these throughout today's show for uh, for all of you i've got three or four i think from people that have commented about things from 1999 and the first one i'm going to play is kenny's and this is kenny's and his comments for the year 1999
0: hey rico it's kenny from california i'm also the co-host of knights of the guild podcast and the mash 4077 podcast just wanted to send in some quick comments about the year 1999 well, I was 29 years old, so I remember this uh, year fondly. And let's start with some movies. There were quite a few genre movies that came out uh, that I really enjoyed. Uh, the Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, which I'm a huge Toy Story fan, and this is probably my favorite of the trilogy, um, even though they're all really, really great. The Mummy, this was the first Mummy movie and uh, with uh, Brandon Fraser, and it was really good. had some really cool special effects. Really enjoyed that. And then we had The Matrix, which, of course technology-wise was just incredible. You know, I just remember watching commercials and just being blown away and then watching the first few minutes and when Trinity does that pose where she, you know, she arches up And the camera zooms around her. I mean, that was the first time it was ever done. Now it's done, like, you know, in TV series. But back then, this was the first time it ever happened. And I just remember my jaw dropped in the theaters. And this movie was incredible. Unfortunately, the subsequent sequels to it weren't as, you know, they did the same technique and we'd already seen it. So it wasn't as as cool or as incredible, but you know, I mean the The Matrix trilogy is fine, but definitely there's no comparison to The Matrix. The Matrix is the best part of that of that three part series. It definitely was a, a trailblazer for a really cool camera shots and technology. So that's definitely needs to be mentioned. And then of course the big movie for nineteen ninety nine, at least for me, was Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. And You know, besides what all the naysayers and the haters say about this movie, I actually enjoyed it. I waited many, many, many years for a, a sequel slash prequel to the Star Wars trilogy, I was a huge Star Wars fan, I got my tickets super early, I saw this at Man's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, I waited in line 17 hours, and I wasn't even there for the first screening, because the first screening, people were in line for days and days prior, so I think I did like the second or third screening later in the evening, I, like I said, I got off work early, uh, luckily I worked down in Hollywood at the at the time, so I was able to walk over to Manchester theater got in line and was there for a full 17 hours and I loved every minute of it it was so much fun the the camaraderie the other you know star wars fans hanging out with you it created such great memories and then we saw the movie and I was blown away by the movie it was fantastic it was so much fun and it's it's a really it's a great memory I have from nineteen ninety nine a really a really good highlight from that year. As for TV, there were some notable like genre type. We had Futurama starting, which uh, I really never grabbed me. I did enjoy it. I watched it when it was on, you know, if, if I turned it on, but I didn't go out of my way to watch it. Another one with Family Guy, which I totally fell in love with and I still watch, even today. Uh, this was also the last year of DS9. Deep Space Nine ended in 1999. And I have to say that DS9 is probably the best written Trek in history, and especially these, these last few seasons were just incredible the ensemble cast the way they wrapped everything up it was just the perfect ending to that series and it will always be one of my favorite uh, star trek series of all time so another kind of spin off was angel that started in 1999 and that comes off of buffy uh, angel was a, a main character on buffy for a few years and then he spun off to his own series and even though angel wasn't at least in my opinion wasn't as as good as Buffy. It, w- it wasn't my favorite. I still loved it, because it did have that angel character, and it did bring over Quidelia, and it did bring, you know, occasional crossover characters, and it still had that flair of, of Buffy, because it was still written by Joss Whedon, and it was just much darker. Uh, it took a different approach to that whole world, which I really appreciated. But the one thing I wanted to talk about, my, my most favorite TV series from 1999 would be Farscape, which I actually... I did not watch in 1999 I actually didn't have the sci-fi channel which it originally aired on so I actually didn't start watching Farscape probably until middle of 2000s 2003 2004 and I picked one summer and I watched the entire four seasons and the tv movie that ran afterwards and I totally fell in love this is one of the most innovative, most creative, most changing TV series sci-fi genre out there. Every season, it was something different. They took the, the series into a whole different realm. It, it was never boring. It was, you know, it was one of those series that you you really should have watched from the beginning to, for it really to make sense. Because, like I said, these huge story arcs that would all of a sudden turn on its head. And you, they take the story in a completely different direction. So, it was a great series and if you haven't checked out Far Escape, you are really missing out on some really good genre TV series. So I think that's going to do it. Um, yeah. So 1999 was a good year for TV and movies. And these are just a few of the the ones that were my favorites. So uh, thanks for doing this Rico. And we will talk to you later. Take care.
1: Thanks very much, Kenny. Always great to hear from you. Always great to hear what you have to say about uh, whatever we're talking about for the week. Uh, I know you're a big fan of all of this stuff and, uh, have some inside info sometimes. On, on, And you brought up a few that I had even forgotten about, and I was doing a little research this morning, pulling everything up, uh, and uh, that's uh, one of the reasons why I always ask you guys for clips especially, or, or for comments, I should say. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, the Phantom Menace and the Matrix, uh, two of them that you mentioned quite a bit on, and Farscape, all, all, all big favorites of mine. I'm going to talk a little bit more, more about Farscape later when I get into the TV part more but let's go right into the matrix Uh, like i said i'm kind of mixing things up now the matrix i I don't have the date right in front of me but uh, i'm pretty sure it came out very just i'll I'll look it up while i play one of the uh, trailers for the movie i think it came out just shortly maybe a few weeks before the phantom menace not very long before the phantom menace And, and i you know I think it's a fantastic movie, very groundbreaking, something that uh, we really had never seen before. Like you mentioned, some of the camera work, uh, some of the effects, and, and just set the stage, I think, for for a lot of CGI and a lot of interesting things that we're seeing still in movies and in TV to this day. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to be, uh, you know, I think they almost should send a couple of dollars <laughs> every time a TV show or a, a movie uses a little matrix like stuff they should have to send those guys a little bit of money because it's a it's just an amazing movie i I love it i'm obviously into tech a lot computers so i you know the character of neo and and the fact that he's he's this guy in in the regular world kind of just living his life not very exciting kind of humdrum in a way and just and it's sort of futuristic you know there's uh there's just all kinds of cool elements to it but then to realize that it's all just sort of this, uh, almost in a way, a dream that people are plugged into these machines and that they're living in this, uh, you know, this system called the Matrix, powering the these alien or, sorry, not aliens, but the these machine beings. I guess you could call them. I don't. I don't know if they ever really had a different name. But uh, you know, the the fact that this whole Matrix world of theirs is is not reality that it, it there's they're just living this sort of computerized version almost like a holodeck would be and that neo eventually of course becomes and learns becomes the one and learns that he can influence and affect the matrix in the world around him i mean how cool is that <laughs> he can defy things you know physics and and some of the other characters can but of course neo uh, and uh, played by Keanu Reeves, so I think it does a great job in, in all the movies, all three of them, and, and I think was perfect for the part. And these guys, the other thing about this movie and the, and the sequels even is is just how much it's not just all computer stuff. These guys trained super hard for months to learn how to do martial arts and to make it look convincing on screen. You know, especially the main characters, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss and, of course, Keanu Reeves and others, these guys worked very, very hard to get into tip-top shape and to just really pull off what they have to do in this movie. So I, I, again, commend them and hand it to them. On the Matrix, a great film from 1999, and here's a trailer for it.
2: is you have to see it for yourself
1: ah uh, yes uh just, a, just an incredible movie i, I picked it up on uh, blu-ray i haven't had a chance to watch the blu-ray uh version of this but i i, I really want to maybe this will inspire me and i'll watch it tonight or, or one of the nights this coming week it's just uh, the Matrix is just a great movie. I, I've heard talk that they may make another one at some point in time. I don't know what what you know what time frame if it would be a prequel or some set something set during the time when Neo was still you know doing what he does. Hugo Weaving as the bad guy, uh, you know the agent smith is just fantastic the movie did come out about a month or so before the phantom menace so it was out a little bit longer b- before it than i thought but uh, again just the idea that the world around you isn't quite what it, uh, it you know really is and it's it, you you could affect what's going on around you with your mind if you you know were somebody like neo or others had slight abilities to do that once you knew kind of like once you know you're dreaming i know there are people and i've talked on the forums about this a few times and maybe even i think on the podcast but sometimes i have some pretty vivid dreams and i know there are people that have the ability you know they know they're kind of dreaming and they can kind of affect their dream i had one for example last night that was kind of weird where for some reason lynn and i we were we were going to buy and move into our old house the house we used to have before the one we're in now and the thing about it was we went to go see it, like, you know, like you'd visit a house you're you're thinking of buying. And it was different. It was not the same inside. It had changed. And for example, the old house had a basement, but the basement had a very low ceiling, and I'm kind of tall. But the basement in this house, it was like the inside of the tardis. It was uh, it had like vaulted ceilings and it was like twelve, fifteen feet high, and it was crazy. And I'm like, as I'm walking down and, and, and entering the basement area, I'm thinking to myself, "How is this possible? This is not right." You know, I kept saying something's wrong. You know, this 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 can't be the way it it really is. And uh, and then I kind of woke up, I think. But anyway, it just uh, again, one of the reasons I think I like the Matrix so much is is just what they they everyone believes is real isn't isn't real. It, it's it's just this uh, program that they're all kind of living in so uh so great movie great movie from 1999 i'm going to play another uh clip from a listener an audio comment on 1999 i'll be back and continue the show
5: hi rico this is meds from waffle on podcast and of course here on the forums and i'm just looking at some of the films that came out in 1999 and so some classic ones that came out the American Beauty, computer uh, sam mendes film that the Almost, well, it probably did, you know, launch Kevin Spacey uh, a little bit further into his career uh, before he went to the Old Vic and uh, just directed plays. American Pie the first one's fantastic. You know, it's a, it's a good, fun movie. Uh, as we scroll down here, we've got Bean John Malcolmich, which uh, was a, a great film by Spike Jones and uh, John Cusack. Uh, I always wish, uh, wish John Cusack could do more films like that, and especially stuff like um, uh, the, ooh, what was it called, High Fidelity, which I just thought was brilliant. Uh, Boys and Tenry Man wow that was rubbish wasn't it The Blair Witch Project now I know this was one of those films that everyone raved about and whether it was because all I was hearing was people saying how good it was when I went to the cinema and saw it I was so disappointed I really did think it was uh, rubbish I think it's one of the films I need to go back and have a good look at uh, again to see um, you know to see if if my original opinions uh still count the cider house rules great film and it was uh f- this was the film that uh relaunched uh michael Caine's career he'd uh, done a load of rubbish in the late 80s and early 90s and really needed to do um something uh with a little bit of grit to it and uh this was the film that uh that got him out of that dogma love dogma kevin smith uh is probably one of his films that he broke away from his normal style of filmmaking. I love Clark's, uh, you know, Chasing Amy, not a great fan of really, or Jersey Girl. But Dogma, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. Really worth seeing if uh, if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure everyone has. East is East, a great little independent film from, uh, from Great Britain. Um, the sequel to that, uh, West is West, has came out this year Uh, Existence the reason why I I mention Existence is one because I think it's a great sci-fi film but it was actually the first film I ever bought on DVD Eyes Wide Shut the film that uh, ultimately caused Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman to divorce hmm Uh, obviously it wasn't too good for them Galaxy Quest come on we all love Galaxy Quest Alan Rickman and your man for Monk uh, you know, what can you do? Ghost stop the Way of the Samurai. Saw that in an independent cinema and uh, almost had a tattoo of the, of the insignia of it. Thankfully I didn't because uh, that would have been a bit embarrassing no, considering no one uh, ever really saw the film. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Brrr. It was a cartoon from my childhood. Unfortunately, a film that really should have you know uh, sank uh, quicker than the Titanic. It was a terrible film. The Matrix. Oh, now, the first Matrix is brilliant. I love it. Everything about that film, I think, is fantastic. Um, the other two that came after it, though, I'm under the lines of, you know, they, they said, oh, we always thought it was going to be a trilogy. I don't believe that because I just i just don't because the matrix is a great film on its own it's a soul film it's a bit like star wars new hope you know it's a soul film ultimately uh, and i know he said that he had plans for the third one let's let's not go there the first mummy film came out with brand uh, brendan fraser and rachel wise what's going on with brendan fraser's hair does anyone know because uh, i'm sure i'm sure something's going on i'm sure it's a week notting hill Julie Robinson, Hugh Grant. Uh, you know, I, it's my guilty pleasure. I think we've talked about this on the forums before. of what guilty pleasures we, we have. And uh, I must admit I, I do quite like Hugh Grant and, and I'm a big four weddings fan and uh, and I do quite uh, quite like uh Notting Hill. And what else do we have? We're going to S now, she's all that. No she's not, let's not go there. The sixth Sense, with M Knight Shelly, Bam Bam Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment. Ah, oh, fantastic film. Bruce Willis wears a good wig in that film. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, brilliant Tim Burton film. Can never go wrong with that. Safe part bigger, longer than uncut. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm going to leave the one there. That's sticking out because I'm going to have a rant about it. The Talented Mr Ripley. Oh, I vomited so hard when I saw that film. Jude Law is atrocious in it. absolutely awful. Really didn't like it. Toy Story 2, brilliant. World World West, it was alright, I suppose. The World is Not Enough, not one of the, not the uh, greatest of Bond films. But let's... Uh, oh, The Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan. Loved it. Absolutely loved that film. I think it's fantastic. And then we have something called Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The film that killed Star Wars. Enough said. I think uh, everyone's going to say that. Anyway, 1999, fantastic year for films, uh, Rico. Can't wait to hear your podcast on it. Uh, Keep up the good work, my friend, and uh, I'll speak to you soon.
1: Well, thanks, Meds. Thanks very much for your rundown of uh, all kinds of movies, not just sci-fi, fantasy movies, but everything, uh, all kinds of good movies from 1999. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, I originally you know i tried to pick some years uh to do this uh, you know i did 83 for a couple of reasons and then ni- 99 probably mainly for you know the fact that the matrix and the phantom menace came out and you know like you said the the <laughs> the film that killed star wars well of course that's always everyone has a different opinion about that and we've already talked about that one a bit already and it's uh you know it's it is what it is. That's my favorite expression of the last couple of weeks. It is what it is. I have to disagree with one thing, though, that you said, Meds, or at least I have a different opinion of it. Uh, the uh, the movie, and I'm not going to – quite a few of the ones you talked about, I'm not going to really be covering very much on the podcast, but the one I wanted to mention or comment on that you said, uh, The Blair Witch Project. Now, for me, I saw that movie – it had been out a month or two and it had started to get that, you know, kind of like, Oh my gosh, everyone, you need to go see this movie. It's so crazy, incredible and all. And I kind of liked it. I I, I liked it because I like movies where they try something a little different. And this is a very low budget, different kind of movie. And I, and I kind of appreciated that. And I, you know, I saw it in a theater and you know, it's dark in a theater and it, it kind of, you know, spooked me and got to me a little bit. And, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's an interesting movie. I, is it the greatest or best movie ever or even of that year or whatever? No, not really. But I think it's a good movie, and I, and I appreciate what they tried to do with it. And I think that is definitely, though, the kind of movie that, because of all the hype about it, if you saw it much later, I, I think that you'd be like, especially if you saw, saw it much later and maybe just on home DVD or whatever, I think you just sort of look at it and go, huh, what was the big deal? But uh, I I don't know. I I liked it, and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. So let's go on, though, to uh, one of the movies I did want to cover a little bit more on. And I think I have covered this one before on a podcast about sci-fi and comedy in sci-fi. But the movie Galaxy Quest from 1999... With Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, uh, uh, it's uh, Alan Rickman. This, this is just a, just such a fun movie to watch. This is the kind of movie for us geeks and sci-fi fans. I think you can pop in, watch it any time, and, and just get a kick out of it. It, it really, I think, uh, uh, kind of to, you know hones in on on, on Trek fans especially, because because frankly, this movie is basically about Star Trek and Star Trek fans. I mean, it's centered around this this fictional tv series and and the actors that played on the series and then they get uh sort of wrapped up in a a real version of what they played on tv and it's just it's just great it's so much fun tim allen is a perfect uh perfectly cast in this movie and anyway it's uh, the the galaxy quest 1999 listen to the trailer it's uh just just a fun great movie
5: In the far reaches of the galaxy, a civilization is under siege. We are
2: all that is left. They've searched the universe for a leader. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Galaxy Quest. Never give up, never surrender. You will
5: save us!
2: What they got. Never give up, never surrender. We're struggling TV actors. You are our last hope. Where's my limo? (laughs) Okie dokie. And they're about to put on a command performance 8 million light years away. We are actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors. That was a hell of a thing. Now, Laredo. Take us out. Get to move to the right. Would you sit here alone down? You wanna try this? stay to- acting like heroes? <laughs> the whole thing was oh. just a misunderstanding may not be enough. They look like little children. My little guy. Oh,
3: my God. DreamWorks
2: Pictures presents Tim Allen Sigourney Weaver Alan Rickman Galaxy Quest You're just going to have to kill him. We'll go for the mouth the throw his vulnerable spots. It's a rocket it that doesn't have any vulnerable spots. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Galaxy Quest. Just, a, just such a fun movie to watch. Like I said earlier, it's, uh, it's got so many fun elements in it, and and for for us fans of Trek, and especially fans that have gone to conventions, and uh, it, it's it's really fun to see that movie, and I, I just love it a lot. Uh, a few other movies. I'm just going to run down some titles. These I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on. I've got a couple others uh, that I want to cover. I'll play a trailer probably for one or two more. But here's a, so, a few others. Wing Commander, which uh, came out also uh, starting Freddie Prinze uh, Jr. Uh, not a great movie at all. Not very good. It was disappointing to me, especially since I enjoyed the, the video games that uh, that it was based off of. You had Wing Commander. You had My Favorite Martian with Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Not a great movie. I love the original series back uh, way back with... Uh, uh it, you know it's it's you know the that movie i don't know it just I, I thought that they needed to be a little bit more serious even though that the original wasn't all that serious of a it was more of a comedy in a way the original show but and i think meds mentioned bicentennial man you also had the astronaut's wife with uh johnny depp uh and charlize theron of the movie virus uh, a unique movie that I thought was was pretty interesting, uh, sort of Matrix-like a little bit, uh, was called The Thirteenth Floor. Uh, that's one one you might want to check out. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but it, it has some interesting moments in it. Also has some pretty cool music in that movie too. So check that out if you get a chance via Netflix perhaps sometime. Uh, Ex- Existence, which uh, Meds mentioned also, I like that movie. It, it, it's by uh, David Cronenberg. It's got a, a, some really interesting moments and, and things in it. Again, it's it's sort of a... That one is almost impossible. David Cronenberg's movies seem to be kind of almost nearly impossible to talk about in a short time. So I'm going to kind of skip over that pretty quick. But oh, a, a movie that you should seek out if you want to uh, get caught up on some unique films of um, this year, uh, of 1999, or just of, you know, of the past. Not that long ago. I mean, 1999 was only, what, 12 years ago. So... And uh, it doesn't seem like to me it was really, you know, doesn't seem that long ago to me. I, see, I remember seeing most of these movies in the theater, I think. Uh, there was also another Universal Soldier movie that, uh, that year, uh, Universal Soldier, uh, The Return with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Speaking of that, we're going to have a Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme sort of podcast next week with Al uh, Quadshot's going to cover the movie Time Cop. So that's going to be pretty cool. There's going to be a guest cast next week. I uh, also had the movie Godzilla uh, I think it was 1999 that uh, that Roland Emmerich worked on with sort of the Americanized or was that a 1998 I'm gonna have to look it up while I play the next uh, trailer for the movie. The Mummy: the first of the Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser. Now, I enjoy this series quite a bit. I, I, I think it sort of has that Indiana Jones appeal a little bit, and Rick O'Connell, I think, is his name right, on the, on the, the series. It's been a few years. I have not heard any talk about another mummy movie, but uh, the first one I think they did a really good job with. Like a lot of movie series, you know, each movie kind of you know gets progressively maybe not as good, but the first one I, I, I enjoy quite a bit. So here's a trailer to the Mummy.
3: wasted their lives in the foolish pursuit of Hamonatra. Most have never returned.
2: I think you found something. creature that we have for more than 3,000 years. as the bringer of death. He will never stop. This summer, Universal Pictures invites you on an extraordinary adventure beyond life and time. Oh,
1: yeah that's a great uh great trailer great movie uh the mummy uh again with uh brendan fraser rachel wise uh and just just a good cast solid fun kind of saturday afternoon kind of throwback movie and uh lots of cool moments and effects and and just a lot of action and adventure and 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 good times you know it's it's just grab a bucket of popcorn watch it again some night it's it's a lot of fun uh, I think I'm going to wind down the movie discussion here and get into a couple of TV shows. We're, we're getting a little later on the podcast. i got a few other things I need to cover still. So uh, we've got uh, another couple of uh, audio comments from you guys. So I'm going to play another one here. I think this is from Will, Will Eagle on the Forums and his comments about the year 1999 Movies TV.
6: Hello, everybody. This is Will, Will Eagle on the Forums. And I just wanted to share my thoughts about 1999, of course that was my 11th year of marriage in 1999, so of course you can never forget about those, and I just wanted to talk about the TV shows that came out in that year, a couple of them that I remember uh, was Far Escape. and for some reason I never kept up with that series, I don't know if they changed the time or the day or the channel even that that was on, but I remember I didn't watch that all the way through, uh, luckily I just found it on Netflix. A couple other shows that came out that year, sci-fi related, was uh, Batman Beyond, as far as the animated, and uh, Roswell. The uh, two shows that I did watch a lot that weren't um, science fiction that year that came out was uh, West Wing and Third Watch. I really enjoyed those shows. And, of course, that was the final uh, year for D-Space Nine. They were ending the war and ending the show. Um, actually, I would have kept watching that for two or three more years if they wanted to do it. Of course, Voyager was still going strong that year. And then we also lost some important people that year that have some uh, background with some science fiction. Of course, the uh, one that we probably all remember the most would be DeForest Kelly died that year. So that was a pretty big loss for us Star Trek fans. Also, I um, saw that uh, Stanley Kubrick died that year. Of course, if I'm not mistaken, he was the one that did uh, 2001. And then uh, Q That, you know, in the Bond movies, uh, that Desmond Llewellyn, I think was his name, uh, he died that year as well. So we had some uh, pretty uh, well known actors, especially to us sci fi fans, that uh, passed that year. Going into the movies that came out that year, of course, the biggest movie probably for all us sci fi fans was Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And I remember standing in line outside of my mall to get tickets for that. Because I you know, wanted to go as early as possible to the earliest shows possible when it came out. And, uh, of course, I was out there by myself. The wife wasn't going to wait out there with me. But I was out there to get tickets for that movie. And I have never done that before that time. And I have never done it since that time. Waiting that long to get tickets for a movie. Never have done it you know, since I did it that one time. And I don't see myself doing that again. Waiting that long to get tickets. A couple other good movies that came out that year was The Mummy. Um, of course I thought that was a really good series the uh, of course Brandon Fraser is the actor there and of course a couple other genre movies that he's been in here lately was Journey to the Center of the Earth and of course the uh, great movie called uh, Furry Vengeance okay that wasn't that good but also that year uh, the James Bond movie that came out was The World is Not Enough I've always liked the uh, Pierce Brunson James Bond movies Another surprise uh, show or movie that I liked that year was Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. I don't know if many of us remember that one, but I really liked that movie. I thought he did a great job, and I was actually quite surprised how well he did in that movie, being that he mostly does uh, comedies. And of course, a couple other sci-fi movies that came out that year was uh, Wing Commander and uh, Toy Story 2 came out that year. I always liked those uh, Toy Story movies. Also, a sci-fi classic that came out that year was Muppets from Space. I'm sure we've all caught that one. And also, uh, being a big baseball fan, I did catch For Love of the Game that year with uh, Kevin Costner. And I'm sure most of us uh, guys probably remember the movie Entrapment with Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones. So, actually, there was uh, quite a few good movies that came out in 1999. Well enjoy talking to everybody on the forum and as always rico thanks for what you do with the podcast and i'll talk
1: to everybody later bye well thanks very much will for your comments on uh 1999 yeah you brought up some good things some things uh, that no one else has mentioned yet too and i have to make a comment on a non-sci-fi note but i also love that baseball movie for love of the game it's Baseball's always been kind of the probably the sport I like the most. It's just sort of something I grew up with and uh, uh, seeing Tiger games and that. So I'm kind of a little bit of a softie and a sucker for any baseball movie. And uh, Kevin Costner, I think, does a great job in that. So not sci-fi, of course. I did look up Godzilla. It was 1998 that Godzilla movie came out, not 1999. So sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so lots of good stuff, uh, lots of interesting things. I, I, I always love hearing from you guys. I've got one more, I think. Clip from uh, from people talking about 1999. That's Rick Moyer with some music. We'll save that for a little bit later. I'm just going to cover a few of the TV shows from 1999. Things that I liked quite a bit. Probably the biggest one is the series Farscape. Way back, uh, way back in the days of this podcast, I, I think it's been years. It was. Maybe within the first 100 shows, I'd have to look up what number I did it on. But I did a whole podcast dedicated to Farscape. Uh, I'm sure I could probably do a little bit more complete and better job now. But that TV series, I I, I put Farscape probably in my top, I don't know, top five, maybe top ten sci-fi TV series of all time. It is just... I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I, I think people maybe gave it a little bit of a, a pass at the time when it was out. I I, I know there's, there's a lot of people that have gone back and watched it now, and I haven't really heard anyone that hasn't liked it when they gave it a shot. Uh, so I, I very much encourage everyone to check out the TV series Farscape. Like I think Kenny I think mentioned it in his comments. It, it's a show that constantly changed and evolved and, and reinvented itself, not just season to season, but almost sometimes week to week. I, I mean, it was one of the shows to me that was very hard to predict what was going to happen, where they were going, and, and just lots of very cool things happened. Lots of, you know, it was it was sci-fi, but it was also just just really interesting with very well-developed characters, and, and this you know this astronaut John Crichton from Earth being sort of tossed across the galaxy and ending up in this very alien. Area of space, and then becoming friends with this crew aboard this living ship, Moya. Uh, it, it's just great. I love the cast, love the characters, and again, can't say enough good things about the TV series Farscape.
3: My name is John Crichton, an astronaut. Three years ago, I got shot through a wormhole. I'm in a distant part of the universe, aboard this living ship of escaped prisoners. Powerful, dangerous. Now all I want is to find a way home to warn Earth. Look upward and share the wonders I've seen.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that series was, uh, again, fantastic. It lasted for four seasons, had a follow-up movie, and, again, it's it, it's also got a currently, uh, there's uh, from, what is it called? I have one over here on my desk. I think they're called Boom, uh, Boom Studios. Yeah, Boom Studios is putting out an ongoing monthly Farscape comic, which is pretty good. The art is good. The story is good. So if you are a big Farscape comic, fan like i am uh you know check that out i think they're about up to issue 18 or so uh, so uh that's cool and they've done some mini series too in the Farscape universe one about dargo and, and giving some background and his character and all kinds of stuff so again great series uh definitely check out the dvds uh when you get a chance uh, a couple other series i wanted to mention uh another one was crusade uh which was sort of a Babylon 5 kind of spin-off series in a way. It didn't last very long. only lasted uh, a season or part of a season, like 12 episodes, and had a pretty cool premise. Uh, Gary Coleman was on that series. That is from this year. A couple other uh, series, uh, a big favorite that I'll, I'll play the, the intro theme for you in, in a moment here. Another series that I liked a lot about uh, alien teens uh, living on Earth is a series called uh, Roswell. I was a big, big fan of this show. I, I've... Uh, I don't know. There was again something about it. Catherine Heigl, for example, a very young Catherine Heigl was on the series. So they got some great actors, uh, some very cool music for the show. I'm a big fan of uh, you know shows that include some some nice music in the show. And uh, basically, they were the idea was that Roswell was this crashed alien ship, and that what came out of the ship were these these little kids who eventually become these teenagers living in the town. A lot more goes on of course, but it's a, you know it's kind of a little bit of a love story romantic things going on and also other alien elements too and they're trying to hide out and not reveal who they are, that they have these uh, you know each of them have different powers sort of because they're aliens and it's uh, it's a pretty cool series. Roswell is, sometimes the sci-fi channel shows reruns of it, but check it out when you get a chance. Yeah, that's the, uh, thong, uh, the song. What did I say? Thong. <laughs> that's the song intro by Dido uh, to uh, Roswell. It's uh, again great music, a great show, uh, very much worth checking out. Uh, has sort of a, a just a certain appeal to it, certain elements. That's really cool. Colin Hanks is also in that show. William Sadler, uh, great cast again. Uh, again the characters and casting to me are very important for tv movies or whatever and uh if they if they hit the right marks and they pull together the right characters i think it really means uh something so uh let's see what else got a couple more i wanted to cover just briefly uh, i think kenny had mentioned in his comments the, the tv series angel uh, which was out in 1999 uh, starring David Borianas Of course he was first introduced on the TV show Buffy and I, I loved Angel. I thought Angel was a great fantastic series. I, I don't know if I you know if it's better or I like it more than Buffy but it was a little more adult. Uh, you know the character of Angel went to L- Los Angeles he started uh, he formed his own little detective agency. A couple of cast members eventually ended up on the show that came over from Buffy. Uh, Cordelia, probably the main one, well, also um, Wesley. Uh, it's, uh, you've got just, a, a, a cool show, you know, Angel, of Vampires. So he sort of, most of the cases he got had supernatural elements. David Boreanaz plays the character really well. You got to see a little bit more of his personality. He was always a sort of dark brooding, didn't speak much on Buffy and didn't have a lot to say, but he had a little bit of a dry sense of humor on Angel. And there was a lot of stuff going on behind, you know, the, the scene, not behind the scenes, but, an overall story arc with this uh, sort of evil uh, lawyer type uh, agency, Wolferman Hart, and I don't even know how to go into all that. But Angel, uh, what did it last? I think five seasons. I think four or five seasons, maybe five total. A uh, great series. Here is the intro. This is again just a musical kind of number to the show. So listen to this. Yeah, great show again. Lots of uh, cool uh, stories, uh, great cast. Uh, You also had Spike ending up uh, also on that show eventually. Uh, Really cool again. And uh, much, you know, for for fans of, you know, the vampire thing, I always, you know, kind of, and I did a whole show not that long back about vampires, but I get a little, sometimes I get a little bothered about people kind of being down on things like, you know, those kinds of movies and TV shows. But if you want some really... Solid, good stuff. You know, watch Buffy, watch Angel. The, these, these were great shows and great stories, great writing. You know, Joss Whedon. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> He's working on next year's Avengers movie. So, uh, speaking of that, have you seen the new Captain America trailer? Oh my gosh, it's uh, it looks great. It, it, you definitely go to the web, check it out. Uh, it is. Uh, I think to me, it's going to be maybe the best of the comic book movies coming out this summer. So. I, there's other TV stuff I could cover. There's just up now. I could go on for probably another hour on the podcast of a lot of other shows and things to talk about. Uh, I didn't mention really back in the movie section The Sixth Sense very much. You know, it, it, in a way, it's sort of a fantasy tale to a degree. But it's it, it was to me that movie was always more of a drama than anything else. But uh, it's a, you know, M. Night Shamalama Lama. Uh, <laughs> you know, people really seem to be down on him sometimes. But, you know, he made some great stuff, and uh, he made a great movie there. And I think some of his other stuff has been okay, too. Uh, But, uh, you know, these days it's so hard, you know, when you start with something so amazing like that to continue. And, 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 you know, how do you top that? So (laughs) um, let's – I'm going to play now, though. I want to play – we've got uh, Rick Moyer, who did a little bit of a musical roundup for 1999. I'm going to play his segment And uh, then I'll have to do Vartux. uh, uh, You know, uh, he's got a few-minute follow-up to his earlier movie segment, and then I'm going to end up uh, finishing out the show. So hopefully this won't be a three-hour podcast. Anyway, here's Rick Moyer and songs from the year 1999.
2: Don't worry. I won't hurt you. I only want you to have some fun.
4: Well, everybody, hi there. This is Rick Moyer, Moyer Moyer777 from the forums. And the year 1999. I thought I would throw in a few snippets of music from that year, since that's always fun to hear. This time, instead of the top five songs, I thought I would just throw in, like, five songs that were super popular. How's that? From all different genres. So let's party like it's 1999, shall we? Right here on Trek's In sci Okay, coming in at the very first big, huge hit of 1999 was Christine Aguilera, and this is called Genie in a Bottle. Remember that one? How could we ever talk about 1999 without talking about Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca? Loca. Loca. Then, of course, in 1999, a very young Britney Spears had a big, huge hit with Baby One More Time. favorites. Really love this band. They just sound so good. This was the year that Creed had the big hit, Take Me Higher. Of course for all you uh, heavy genre fans, this also was the year that Korn had Freak on a leash. just as many jamming songs as there were there were also some boy bands that had the cool harmonies and everything how many remember the backstreet boys and uh this popular song things out for 19 the band smash mouth with our favorite all-star.
2: Hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play hey now you're a rock star get the show on get paid
4: Yeah, 1999 had a whole bunch of good music Cher had Believe Out, TLC had No Scrubs uh, Monica had Angel of Mine uh, Whitney Houston had Heartbreak Hotel um, Just all sorts, Sixpence None the Richer I didn't play that one, and I really liked that song called Kiss Me um, Sugar Ray had Every Morning uh, There's just tons we could talk about But I picked a few just so you'd enjoy it from all different genres And I hope you got a nice overview of popular music in 1999. All right back to you Rico. Thanks for covering the year 1999. Don't forget to visit www.startrekparodies.com.
1: Oh, fantastic, Rick! Thanks for, so much for uh, for your comments and your song selections from the year nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you know, recently I, I reactivated my XM radio, XM series, Series XM, whatever they're called these days, on my car, and I, I find myself listening to a lot of eighties and nineties music. Uh, just you know, slightly nostalgic, and and for some reason, those songs appeal to me sometimes more than the current ones, and. Yeah, I forgot Britney Spears kind of sprung on the scene in that year, too. So 1999, pretty pretty darn big year in, in entertainment, media, and a lot of things, and, and quite a bit of sci-fi and fantasy stuff that we got to enjoy as well. And that kind of rounds out that uh, segment. I think uh, I've covered everything I wanted to really mention for the most part there's you know again a ton more stuff I could do but I'm going to play Vartok's follow up to his movie uh, segment from early in the podcast and then I'll come back and wrap up today's show
3: everyone this is Bartok again with the answer to the question posed earlier to what is unique about the sci-fi thriller Journey to Eden that makes it unique from every other sci-fi movie that you may have watched well it is that the actors in Journey to Eden have never acted before in fact the script for the movie has never been greenlighted by a producer or director what Bartok is trying to say is, Journey to Eden is totally made up. It's a fabrication. What? April Fool's treks and sci-fi listeners. I hope you can all smile in knowing that Bartok has pulled a fast one on you. I do hope you'll forgive me. Well, that's it for this treks and sci-fi movie review. And now back to you, Rico. Oh, and by the way, Bartok gives Journey to Eden a seven out of ten as a sci-fi thriller? I do hope you check it out on Netflix soon.
1: Uh, Vartok, you pulled a fast one on us. You made up a movie and reviewed it. <laughs> Journey to Eden doesn't exist. It's re it's not real. It's in the Matrix, that's what it is, right? So April Fools, thank you. Thanks for that little fun segment. And uh, and, and the uh, the music that you used during the show or during your segment too was was pretty nice, the Steve Miller and everything. So anyway, Vartok, Journey to Eden. Maybe you should write that up and submit it to Hollywood for for a movie. It sounded pretty interesting to me, so Okay, folks, uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. I hope you enjoyed the show and this look back at 1999. And uh, I just uh, I thought it was a lot of fun to do. I haven't quite picked out the next year in review. I'm probably going to go further back in time, I think, uh, you know, maybe even as, back, as far back as the 70s or something. Ooh, the 70s. I don't know. I'll decide uh, sometime in the next few weeks, and it'll be on the schedule. Speaking of which... Uh, I wanted to update everyone on the upcoming Trex and Sci-Fi schedule. This is on the main website, trexandsci-fi.com, and the forums. You can find it there, too. But anyway, what we'll have coming up next week is the Time Cop uh, guest cast with Quadshot or Al. Uh, on the April 10th weekend, it will be en- the Enterprise episode Vanishing Point is sort of a Hoshi-centered episode. And then on the 17th of April should be a fun show. I'm going to cover cheesy sci-fi, mostly cheesy sci-fi. Well, movies and TV, uh, but we've had some uh, comments on the forums lately about uh, you know things like the Buck Rogers show from the from the early 80s and things that of that nature. Uh, mostly comedic and a little bit and, and other stuff. Maybe some things that are cheesy but not meant to be cheesy. <laughs> And then on the 24th, we're going to cover the Voyager episode "Collective," uh, involving the Borg and Seven of Nine, and all that. And then on the 1st of May, the beginning of May, I'm going to do a video cast, uh, kind of as a preview video cast for the upcoming summer sci-fi fantasy films. And we've got a lot of them, of course, in 2011 to see. And it's going to be nice to be able to see them back here in Michigan, back at my favorite. Uh, local movie theater and all that so again thanks everyone for uh downloading listening to the podcast uh always want to mention that itunes reviews are great donations to the podcast can be made on the made on the main website via paypal you know a couple of dollars you know five dollars if you want to set up a monthly donation of a couple of dollars or whatever you can do it there too that's always helpful there are monthly fees associated with the site And there's also, of course, the annual fees as well. And I'd like to get a new mixer at some point. I'm still using the same mixer that I had uh, back when I first started the podcast. I really want to upgrade it at some point in time. It's getting a little old, and and I know some of the, um, when I tune in volumes and I adjust things, I get static because there's a lot of dust built up inside of it. Anyway, so uh, that's what that goes for. And again, thanks to everyone that entered the contest. They didn't play all your intros this week. I think I'm going to end the show and do one more. I'll play the... uh uh ryan's who won the contest i want to play his i played his daughters earlier in the show and, and just so everybody knows i only entered them once in the once in the contest you know uh ryan and his daughter each uh, had an entry but uh i only entered them once in even though he did win and correct again congratulations to ryan so uh but i'm gonna play one uh one of his or his entry and I'll be sprinkling the other uh, entries uh, throughout the upcoming podcasts uh, on treks and sci-fi. So thanks for those, everyone. Uh, it's been a great show, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. And I think that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, save this show and and go get some lunch, then edit it and get it uploaded so all of you can enjoy it on your uh, you know weekly commutes to work or whatever you do or wherever you listen to it. Uh, Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you again. uh, Well, in two weeks for me, uh, next week is the guest cast with uh, Al on the the movie Time Cops. So take care. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before.
6: This has been a Rick Dosty Podcast Production.